This is a TCC Connection production. Welcome, podcast listeners, to the first episode of the TCC Connection Writer's Corner, where Connection staff members sit down and talk about the adventures they had writing the news. This episode is about the August issue, with Zach Redwood, Camille Rutherford, Jake White, Madeline Wells, and Monique Moore discussing the stories they wrote. You can pick up a copy at any of the TCC campuses or check us out online at theconnectiontcc.com. First up is Jake and Camille with your host Clinton Switzer sitting in. So without further ado, here we go. All right, we're here with the TCC Connection Writers Corner. This is the first episode, guys. First recording first episode. Session. So we're here with Jake White and Camille Rutherford. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Rutherford. Yeah. Hello, listening audience. So Jake, Jake had a couple articles uh, on this issue about uh, a pasta salad recipe and then a journalism awards ceremony. Or it wasn't really a ceremony. I guess it was more just getting recognized at that. Uh, that meeting, the board Oklahoma meeting. Collegiate Media Association. Yeah. So. Um, that that was the actual ceremony, and then we were in turn recognized at the monthly board meeting. Okay, so that was that was two separate things. Yeah, two separate. Okay. Things. I, just, I saw the picture from the board meeting there, and I made assumptions I shouldn't have. But uh, why don't you tell us about your uh, pasta salad recipe? My pasta salad recipe. Now, I this whole article is about recipes and ideas for summertime parties, and. Um, I think that when you're planning a big get-together, it can get so stressful. You've got so many things to do. So it's easy to have just a simple dish you can throw together and put it in the refrigerator and go and then bring it out when the when you're ready to serve it. So this is what I do for my pasta salad. It's the simplest recipe, um, but you can make it as complex as you want to. This is just basic. You can add so many different things, and that's another thing I like about pasta salad. So my recipe, I use a box of the tri-colored um, spiral pasta. Um, I think it's called rigatoni. That may be the exact name, but I'm not sure. If you don't want to use that, you can use penne. I've seen people use spaghetti, um, angel hair pasta, the elbow macaroni, um, shells. So you can use any kind of pasta you want for a pasta salad. Um, Let's see, uh, a bottle of Salad Supreme, which you can purchase at any grocery store, Walmart, Country Mart. Um, it's in the spice baking aisle. Um, let's see. I've never uh, heard of Salad Supreme. Is it like a powder? Or what? No, it's it's kind of like a powdery herb. It's in a bottle, like you would get okay, um, salt or pepper. Um, and it has a really great flavor to a pasta salad or just like a, like a tossed salad. Um, I'm trying to think. It's not. It's not very expensive. Not at all. Um, but I use half a, a half a bottle when I'm making it. Um, and of course, if you're feeding a very large party, I think my recipe and the size I make would be good for four to six people. If you're making it for a lot more people, you know, add it, add to the recipe. And if you're making it for you know a smaller amount of people, cut the recipe. It's very, very uh, versatile. So a box of the tricolored uh, spiral pasta, half a bottle of Salad Supreme. I use five to six stalks of celery because I like a lot of celery in mine. It's the opposite of me. You don't like a lot of celery? No. See, when I make it for my mom, she doesn't like a lot of celery. So that's another thing you have to be mindful of, the people you're making it for, which why I say this is versatile because you can add more and leave some stuff out. Um, it... I like five to six stalks of celery chopped. 
half of a purple onion. See, I like I like the onion. <laughs> I would go more on the onion. Yeah, that's how a lot of people seem to like it. So half of a purple onion. Um, depending on your taste and the taste of the people you have coming to your get-together, half of a bottle to a whole bottle of pimentos. And we have been having this discussion. <laughs> what are pimentos? They come in olives, but what are they? And our roving reporter in the field, Camille Rutherford, helped us out. Pimentos are a type of chili pepper. And I never would have known this if it weren't for her, so thank you, Camille. They're also known as cherry peppers. Oh, they're also known as cherry peppers. Because of the the red tint and the shape. They're sort of rounded. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. So they're not spicy, at least I don't think they are. But they come pickled in a jar, um, a smallish jar. So you can use half or you can use the whole thing. Um, so we've got the pasta, we've got the salad supreme, we've got the lettuce, not lettuce, celery, we've got the purple onion. Let's see. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, thank you, thank you. So I usually use, uh, not salad dressing, not the whipped salad dressing, please don't use that. Not the Miracle Whip? Not the Miracle Whip, it has to be real mayonnaise. Like Hellman's or? Yes, in fact, if you're a thrifty cook, make your own mayonnaise, it's very simple. Um... I've seen it done. It is possible. Yeah, it's very possible, and it's much healthier than buying it from the store. And it's very simple. You just have to have a good strong wrist and a big bowl and a whisk and just whisk. <coughs> Excuse me. And just whisk until everything emulsifies and you get mayonnaise. Very simple. <clears throat> I guess I should say how to make mayonnaise now. I feel like I've <laughs> I've gone into it. And... We, well, let's say that for another. Okay. So, you know, we'll have a Jake's Kitchen Corner soon. <laughs> um... But yeah, I use three to four to five heaping tablespoons of mayonnaise, and I'll add it in there. I'll mix everything up, and if I need more, if it's kind of dry, I'll add more. Always go, good cooking tip for anything you do, always err on the side of adding less things in, because you can always add more, but you can't take out. Very true. So keep that in mind when you're cooking anything. So yeah, it's simple. Mix all the ingredients up in a bowl, um, stick it in the refrigerator, stick the bowl in the refrigerator, cover it, let it sit, preferably overnight, but at least three, four hours before you serve it. And when it's good and cold, take yep. it out. Pasta get, salad definitely is better cold yes, than warm. Yes, it, it has to be cold. So when you get ready, take it out, put it on the table, and serve it up, awesome. and you have a great recipe. All right, and you can read that article uh, Was in, when, when's this paper, what date is it gonna be uh, in the stands? I think um, we're sending to print Monday. Yes, we are sending to print Monday. Okay, so, so look for it within a day or two after that. All right, awesome. All right, and Camille, let's go over to you. Which one? You got a couple articles this uh, this issue. I do. I have Tulsa Pride. Um, I have a local author, and I have the Racism Stinks Foundation. All right, which one? Uh, sounds like you did a lot of field work for these. I know. Uh, if you want to talk about racism stinks first, that's kind of the most relevant right now. Awesome. All right. So uh, racism stinks is a foundation that was actually started um, by a man named Baxter, who is actually a former TCC student. Um, he's taken law classes here. I think he's a paralegal. Um, basically, racism stinks is a foundation that was started to combat negative stereotypes. Um, a lot of what they do is community outreach. They work with uh, kids in the community. Um, 
they hold events and most of these events are aimed at educating the public as far as um, institutional racism goes things that you don't immediately identify as being racial problems could you give us an example of one of these institutional racism Um, problems would this be stuff like hiring like you know yeah a lot of things like like hiring things like um for example, Baxter, uh, the, the guy that started Racism Stinks, was um, arrested many, many years ago on a drug charge. Uh, and typically, the kind of drug charges that he was brought up with, they, they aren't super... They're not, they're not serious. They're not really um, punished in the way that he was punished. He was sentenced to several decades in jail. Absolutely. Um, Just... A minor offense. For a minor offense. For something that, you know, and he was unarmed in the incident. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um... wasn't like he was some huge drug lord running, no, you know, no, he running had, drugs out of Mexico. It was a minor possession offense, and, and he was sentenced to, I want to say 33 years, but I don't know that oh, wow. that's correct. And I take it this gentleman is African-American? Or? Yes. And so this is something that if it was some young white kid got caught doing, he probably would just walk on probation for a year or two, right? Yeah, and absolutely. this guy got 33 years? or I believe it was 33. Wow, that's ridiculous. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Nope, uh, it was 121 years. Oh, even he, was, more. he was sentenced to 121 years for drug possession. And Oklahoma is an 85% state, which means you have to serve 85% of your term before you are eligible for parole. Wow. Well, anyway, so so he gets out and he starts this organization to... Yeah, yeah. So um, he fought his case and he was exonerated because he could he was able to prove that his fundamental rights had been violated. Um, and after he, after he got out, he went to TCC, actually, and got his... Uh, got a degree. I think he's a paralegal now. So um, in addition to starting Racism Stinks, he is studying to become a lawyer. So he can help other people that were in a similar situation. Awesome. So what did you uh, have to do? Did you meet? I take it that you actually sat down with with uh, what was his name again? I'm sorry. Baxter. Baxter. You, you sat down with him, spent some time with him. Uh, I actually talked to a lady named Shelby Lynn, who is kind of his outreach coordinator. Okay, so she's part of the the organization then. Yeah, she's um, actually part of the campus police on West Campus. Oh wow. TCC as well, uh, and I met her at the Skunk Run, which is a an annual event for racism stinks to raise awareness and funding. Cool. Where was it? Where? When was that? Uh, it was in early June, I believe, and it's held in downtown. It starts at the Woody Guthrie Center and runs through um, the entirety of the Black Wall Street District. All right, well, let's see here. You also had that, uh, was it a book, Mama, Did You Hear This? Yeah, uh, Mama, Did You Hear the News? So that is by a local author. Her name is Sanya Gregg. Um, and She's been in social services for many years, and she's worked with children um, in Tulsa Public Schools and also as um, a social worker. Uh, And she's written the book, Mama, Did You Hear the News?, as a way to help parents talk to their kids about law enforcement, specifically African-American parents, um, and specifically to talk to their sons, although, you know, it's not saying it wouldn't be a problem with daughters. 
And just a little backstory: in, in within the last couple of years, there have been a number of incidents of uh, people seemingly being shot or unarmed people being shot by police officers and all around the country. So this book, you know, I, I, I imagine she came up with the idea to try to, she was, did she have kids herself that she had to explain what was going on in the news or? Yes, yeah, she has two sons, um, and both of them, she said, were were very tall. She said that they were like 6'1 when they were in high school already. So, oh, wow. Uh, definitely could be mistaken for much older. Yeah, yeah, but and then they're just they're but they're just little kids. <coughs> um, but she said that she was thinking about writing this book and thinking about you know parents in the community need um, a way to to go about talking to their kids about this kind of thing. And then that was right before the Terrence Crutcher incident. Um, and she said that that sort of cemented. Which um, happened, Terrence Crutcher? That that was the one that happened here in Tulsa. Or? Yes, yeah, on uh, on Apache in front of the Northeast Campus. And so, I guess you know, even even if, I guess you know, writing a book is no small feat. I mean, kudos to her for following through and writing a book. That's a lot of work. But you know, even if people don't read it, it just it kind of just brings up the discussion. It's like, oh, this is something that people need to be talking about with their kids which in the past we really you know this is probably you know the first time it's you know in growing up in the 80s and 90s this wasn't such a common thing to be seeing in the news every day so there was no need to talk about it with your kids but now that we you know it seems like we have one every couple months or once a month even and so it is something that needs to be talked about especially to younger you know the younger kids because you know being five, six, seven years old and trying to comprehend, you know, the gravity of the situation of an unarmed person being shot by, shot and killed by the police, the people that are supposed to be protecting you. It's kind of, you know, kind of world-bending, you know, to a young person. Right. And with the rise of social media um, and the news is, it's everywhere. It's so accessible to kids now. So they're being exposed to this a lot earlier. (coughs) They're asking questions a lot earlier than you know, maybe we would really like to expose them to this kind of thing. So anyway, what was, what was this lady's name again? Sonia Gregg. Sonia Gregg, so... Uh, so did you, did you get a chance to sit down with her and talk to her or talk uh, to her over I the did, phone? I did. We talked um, briefly over the phone, um, and she told me about her experience with both of her children uh, and having this talk with them. And the book is actually written from the perspective of um, her son Avery when he was 10 years old, um, based on some of the questions that he asked and some of the concerns that he raised. Okay. That's interesting. So, and this is available. Where, where can someone buy uh, the book? or? It is available on Amazon. Amazon? Awesome. All right. Jake, well, you want to talk about the uh, the journalism awards? We had some uh, <coughs> TCC connection. I was very proud of a few students. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, we had an absolutely ex- wonderful award season here at the TCC Connection. Um Let's see, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine students, I believe, um, were either either won an award or uh, were finalists in several awards. Um, Myself, uh, Tatiana Nyborg, Zach Redwood, 
Um, Jim North, who is a former colleague of ours, he's since now moved on to the University of Oklahoma, but we all won awards at the Oklahoma Collegiate Media Association ceremony that's held <clears throat> at the, um, where is that held? Was Oklahoma it? State University, OSU. <laughs> OSU. That's where it's held. Um, That's a lot of students to win. I mean, yeah. this organization's not that big. Yeah. It's not like we, you know, there's not even, what, not even 15 mm-hmm. of us. So yeah. not, you said nine? Yeah. Wow. Um, and specifically in the OCMA Awards, last year we had two winners. So this year we went up to four. So we've more than doubled our number of winners as opposed to last year. Awesome. And I think that's something to be really excited about. Um, Zach Redwood and Sonora Meadows were also finalists in the Society of Professional Journalists, I believe is the one they um, received a, um, they were finalists in uh, for their uh, work with the TCC Connections broadcast, TV news broadcast. Um... Oh, for our monthly yes. video? Yeah, check, if you guys get a chance, check that out. It's on the, the tccconnection.com website. Uh, basically, Zach was the one that really put this together. Mm-hmm. It's basically a short uh, news segment, like a video like like you would see on, what was it, Channel 6 or whatever, where you know, uh, they highlight usually three subjects each month and uh, do a little video report. It's really cool. So it's good. To, they, so they won an award for it. Yeah. Well, they didn't win, oh, they but, didn't they were, win but they were finalists. They were finalists, which is something to be really proud of. Um, we also had two, two students who are no longer with us. Um, our former photographer, Cecil Sunny Phillip, and our former managing editor, Erica Wilson, were also, they were finalists in the Great Plains Journalism Awards. Awesome. And, and not with us means not working in the organization anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, they died. We, we contacted them via Ouija board. No, they're no longer um, with us. I'm not sure where uh, our former managing editor is, but our former photographer has moved on to um, Oral Roberts University. So we're so proud of the work that everyone's done. We... <clears throat> We just, I, I can't say enough how proud I am of my colleagues. Um, we've done some great work. We've written some great stories. And I look forward to what we're going to do next year. If we more than doubled what we did last year, then who knows what's going to happen next year. Awesome. So did you actually go to the awards ceremony? Yes, I did. It was nice. Um, so the fancy, t- you know, suit and tie banquet? Or yes, it was. It was high class. Very business, casu- uh, business attire. Um, lots of... I wouldn't say big names, but lots of prominent people in the journalism award, uh, journalism award, journalism world. We had a great lunch. Um, there were some great speakers. So yeah, if <clears throat> I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, so exciting, so proud of us. I, Sounds like it was a fun banquet. Yeah, it was a fun banquet. Um, really good food, <laughs> free. So I mean, a bunch of college students. You know, you, you go, can't yeah. get much better than that. But yeah, and there were some great keynote speakers that we got to listen to, so... Sounds like a fun time. Yeah, it was really good. So, all right, between the two of you, we've got one more. And I, I saved this one for last because I know this one is probably a lot dearer to you. So, uh, Camille covered the Tulsa Pride Parade. Yeah, so um, this was our 18th Pride Parade uh, here in Tulsa. It was the 35th anniversary of Tulsa hosting a Pride Festival. Um, How many years? 38. 38, wow. 
Um, so it's Oklahomans for Equality that hosts this. Um, and I met up with um, the executive director, Toby Jenkins, uh, and he told me that this year's Pride Parade was, I think he said, uh, th- 33, that's where I got the 33 earlier, 33% bigger than um, any of the previous years, and it was more diverse. Oh, wow, that's great. So it's just growing every year then? Yeah, like. and this year we had corporations um, that had not previously participated, uh, a couple of Tulsa companies, <coughs> um, as far as, and, and like national chains as well. Awesome. Um, and we had representatives from every major religious denomination. Oh wow! That's really good. This year. So when when was the what weekend was this? I remember, I remember it happening. I don't remember what what month it was though. Uh, I don't remember either. Honestly, I think it was in June. Um. But the the thing about this particular pride that was interesting is just a few months ago. Um, there was a drive-by shooting at uh, the Oklahomans for Equality uh, Center, the Dennis Arneal Center. Um, no one was injured in it, but the windows were shot out, um, the building was, was torn up, that sort of thing. That's crazy. I don't, I don't even understand where you would get the gumption to shoot a gun at, I mean, just, why, why what, what is even the purpose? Why would, why would someone go out of the way out of their way to shoot out another organize, you know, another, someone's windows, and it just doesn't make any sense to right. me. Right, doesn't accomplish much. Um, I, I think, I guess they were aiming for demoralization, but it, it clearly didn't work. But, but even if, like, why even try to demoralize anyone? Just like, just mind your own business. It's not, you know, <laughs> right? it just it's doesn't. Not that I, yeah. You know, it's instances like that that I think make people realize how important pride is. Because violence against LGBT people is not something that has gone away since we've entered a more accepting time. I mean, you know, we have this at the Center for Equality. We have, you know, last year we had the Pulse attack. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, that was... Yeah. Not only was it, you know, against the LGBT Mm -hmm. community, but it was also, wasn't it the most deadly, like... Uh, mass shooting in, in American history. Like, one of the most. I think there was one that had a higher body count, but I can't remember which yeah. one. But, you know, and then just a couple of months ago, and this is a worldwide thing, violence against LGBT people. I mean, just a couple of months ago, it came out in the news that in che- Chechnya, which is a Russian federation, um, is actively inciting a genocide against LGBT people in that part of the world. They are imprisoning them. They're putting them into concentration camps. The United States Holocaust Museum even came out and condemned this. So pride is so important for LGBT people to show that, you know, I think the old adage still works. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. (laughs) The, uh, The Pulse shooting was actually, that actually played a big part in this year's Pride in Tulsa. Um, the people that that carried the largest of the rainbow flags that was in the parade, um, they all carried images, um, just printed photos of the Pulse victims, um, as well as just little name cards uh, and that sort of thing to commemorate the, the Pulse victims. Um, and at the very end of the parade, they asked for a moment of silence. Um, 
to, to just sort of honor the pulse victims. Oh, that's very nice. Hopefully something like that never happens again, though. Ideally. But, so... But enough of the, you know, the, the somberness, but... Tulsa Pride's always... You know, I've been to a couple of Pride uh, weekends in other cities, and they're always a good time, so... Uh, it was it was a wild time, yeah. It was uh, it was chaotic, uh, because I I spoke to Toby actually on the, the weekend of Pride, so we didn't get an, a really accurate count, but he said that he thinks there were about thirty thousand people um, that came out for Pride. How many? Uh, he said about thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Um, wow. And it was it was crazy crowded. They had um, the area fenced in. They had tighter security this year. Uh, and it was honestly, there were so many people there that it was kind of difficult to move around uh, without just running into people. Um, but that, you know, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to see that many people out there, even if it is sort of inconvenient. So uh, aside from the actual walking in the parade, are there, there's a bunch of other activities that are going on, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a whole weekend. The um, So there's a festival, um, there's concerts, they have vendors. Uh, you can't really walk more than a few feet without somebody trying to sell you a, a rainbow flag. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's crazy. There's um, It's loud, it's chaotic, there's glitter everywhere. Sounds fabulous. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Were you there, Jay? You... No, I wasn't there. I was sick that weekend. Oh, that's too... that sucks, man. <laughs> I took um, I took a couple of teenagers out to their and the, that was their first pride, um, and I think that they were maybe a little bit traumatized. <laughs> uh, in just, a good way. Though. Yeah, in a, in a good way. Just just from they the, were odd. The, there you go. They were odd. Um, just it was just a huge crowd. That was the part that I couldn't get over. Like there were so many people. <coughs> And this happened downtown? Yeah, downtown, downtown Tulsa. Right, right in front of the Dennis O'Neill Center. Where's that at? It's over on, sort of on the edge of town, like when you're getting close to uh, 169. I don't have the exact address. Well, anyways. Let's see here. Anything else you want to touch about on the, on the Pride Parade? Um, not necessarily about the Pride Parade, but the Equality Center. Um, for anybody that's interested, the Equality Center is volunteer-ran, um, strictly volunteer-run. So, um, you know, they're always looking for volunteers. They're always hosting activities for anyone that's interested. They have, they offer counseling. Um, they offer just support. Just support different, different um, services to the community. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, get out there and do your part, Tulsa. Volunteer. Well, anyways, I think we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Thanks for coming and talking. Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, no problem. We'll be doing these more frequently, hopefully, now that uh, the fall semester's almost started. But anyways, so, Jake White, Camille Rutherford, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and check out this, uh, this uh, I'm not going to say week, because it's not a weekly publication, but check out the, this issue of the TCC Connection. You can pick up a copy at any of the campuses and... They're all free. They're all just sitting there. Grab a copy and uh, take a look. Thank you. You can also find us online, theconnectiontcc.com. That's right. Yep. And check out our, our video broadcast, too. we got a lot of stuff going on. We have a Facebook page also. Facebook. There. We have social media. Facebook. We have a Twitter. Yeah, we do. We have a Twitter. I'm not sure the Twitter handle, though. Just check the TCC Connection. Yeah. Tulsa Community College Connection. Find us. We are everywhere. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, that was Jake White and Camille Rutherford. Next up, we've got Zach Redwood and Monique Moore. Zach covered the Tulsa Bike Week that happened a few weeks ago, and also he uh, had a story about the old Drillers soccer stadium and what's become of it. Monique covered uh, the the Tulsa Children's Museum and a science um presentation that they had for little kids and she also did a review of the new restaurant Davina's International Cuisine that just opened up over on Cherry Street. So stay tuned and then next up we'll have Madeline Wells to talk about hiking in Tulsa and state parks. Alright hey guys we are back with the TCC Connection Writer's Corner. We got Zach and Monique here. And Zach, what did you read? Two articles in this issue. What did you write about? Yeah, so this issue, <clears throat> it started off, I um, was riding in the car, coming back from Indianapolis with my girlfriend. She had just moved there. And her little brother helped us move. And he mentioned he's playing soccer for the Tulsa Athletic soccer team. That's kind of Tulsa's semi pro soccer team that we have. And um, he mentioned that they're actually playing their, their games in La Fortune Stadium here in Tulsa, which is actually a high school football stadium. You know, it's used by a lot of Tulsa public schools and kind of made me think, what happened to the old athletic stadium? They used to play at the old Driller Stadium at 15th and North Yale. Um, it was a big deal. They renovated the entire thing. They spent their own money to outfit the baseball stadium to fit a soccer pitch inside. Did you ever, did you ever go to the games when it was back? Yeah, it was, a, it was a huge party. I mean, the whole... You know, following would come out and sit right behind the goal. So it was like a professional setup. It was like a like a soccer stadium then. Yeah, this is they play in the uh, National Premier Soccer League. Okay. In the south, uh, I think it's the southeast division. But uh, it ended up being a, a story idea when I heard him talk about the stadium like that. So I went and dug a little deeper and you know looked and saw that. Um, USA BMX, the Olympic BMX bike riding team, was going to place their headquarters at the old Driller Stadium. And after a while of talks and deliberations between USA BMX and the Expo Square, the whole deal completely fell through over who had the rights to pour soda pop at the stadium. Kind of ridiculous. So (laughs) that prompted the story idea. So how long is this, like, so the stadium's completely closed right now, then? Right. How long has it been closed for? Uh, it's actually been closed since 2015. Oh, wow, so a couple uh, years. Yeah, so they pretty much just kicked the athletics out. So they, kicked everyone out? No one's using it? Yeah, nobody's using it. It's all, you can kind of see uh, some of the pictures here. We'll post online so everyone can see, you know, the stadium's tore down straight up bare bones. I mean, it's... Looks like you got weeds growing out of the ground. Yeah, six foot tall weeds coming from the <laughs> outfield. There's nothing pretty about it. So it's kind of a you know sad story. A lot of people grew up spending a lot of time at the stadium when they were kids, whether it was concerts or drillers games. Did you ever go there, Monique? Yeah, I've been to a Driller okay, Stadium. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not from Tulsa, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it was it was you know a big deal. You so can it's find kind of, it's kind of like a landmark. It's like kind of something you know when you're a kid you look forward to going to. Yeah, it's to, so to see it so dilapidated and torn apart I mean it's just kind of sad so I was hoping maybe I can write this article and maybe it sparks some conversation between um, the Tulsa Athletic GM Matt Bolt is who I spoke with in the article here and the Expo Square to see if maybe they could get their stadium back 
I mean, if it's just sitting there unused and they already poured money into it, it just seems right that they should be able to continue using it. Right. They're already halfway done tearing it down. So oh, okay, ideally, so. they'd maybe make a, a whole new one for them. That would be my idea. Uh, but uh, That'd probably make we, a lot of people happy. Yeah. <laughs> considering how much they were willing to spend on the USA BMX facility, I feel like this is chump change. <laughs> So essentially, the BMX deal, Tulsa decided to kick the soccer team out, and then the deal fell through. So it's just sitting empty, and yeah. So, but no, you know, there's no plans for what's going to happen, and so USA BMX did get a deal to put um, their new headquarters on North Lansing Avenue. It's downtown, kind of by downtown Tulsa. Uh, it's an old fin tube factory. Some, you know, old. It, you know, it's a really old-looking building. It's okay. kind of a weird place you would think but you know they're probably going to renovate yeah very industrial definitely they're going to renovate the whole thing and turn it into a, an olympic sport so tulsa's going to have their own olympic sport but right. nobody was really worried about the athletic in that whole conversation so i'm sure they they would appreciate it yeah. appreciate a little love um all right i so you can check out that story in the in the print edition uh, Monique, what do you got for us? You went to uh, some international restaurant, you were telling us. Yeah, um, I got a chance to go by Davina's International Cuisine. Um, it's on Cherry Street here in Tulsa. Um, just kind of went in to have some food and fill out the vibes. I'd never been before, read a lot about it. Um, so I wanted to go see what all the hype was about. All right, and how was it? It was really good. Um, really laid back feel. Uh, there wasn't... It was really quiet. <laughs> um, the music was interesting. And this this place is formerly Doe's Eat Place, I'm pretty sure, right on 15th. Correct. Yeah, so it's the old, it's a littler building. Right. Definitely a very intimate place. Right, right. And the setup there, they have like a, um, kind of like a VIP section mm. where it's really, really quiet. If you have like, you know, any type of business meeting you want to do, you can do that there. Um, and that's where I was seated because they were doing a poetry night. So when I came in, they asked me, did you want to attend the poetry night tonight or did you just want to sit in our normal dining? So that was you know, another plus that I got to experience while I was there, along with the food, was really, really good. Awesome. What'd you have? Like, what was, like, what are they? Are they known for any kind of dish? Is there, you know? So that's the first thing that I asked the waiter, and he couldn't decide on anything specifically. Okay. He was, yeah, because it's still pretty new, right? Right, right. Uh, it's fairly new. It just came uh, last year. So, um, yeah, it's fairly new, but he did tell me about the monkey brains, and I thought monkey that was <laughs> very interesting oh, wow. based off of the title. <laughs> That's bananas. No, right. okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, um, on the menu, they're sure to include that no actual monkey brains were harmed in making of the dish. Good, good. I was <laughs> so, wondering. So what is it then? Uh, so the, the monkey brains is actually, to me, it's kind of like a... a Fancy popper, if you will. Right. You know the jalapeno poppers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, but it's got, um, the cheese is sweet. It's like a Nutella cheese, so it's not as... Pretty savory. Right. It's not as salty as what we're used to. Okay. And then they use fresh jalapeno, so it's more spicy than Mm -hmm. the average jalapeno. And then they have this, like, sort of soy sauce that they use. I think they called it the Shanghai Dipping Broth. Mm. And you dip that in there, and that kind of gives you that salty that you're looking for. And then on the outside, it has more of a crunch than the average popper. Sounds really good. But it was really good, though, surprisingly. I don't normally like hot stuff, but Mm -hmm. the sweet and the spicy. A good appetizer to start with there. Looks like. 
and um, looks like hummus, flatbread, mac and cheese, kind of a lot of different stuff. Right, right. They have a wide variety ranging anywhere from, you know, like you said, from hummus all the way to, um, there was another meal that I didn't get a chance to experience, but I heard a lot of hype about it, um, and it was the... um, Fettuccine that they offer there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just newly added to the menu. Something I didn't get an opportunity to try, but I heard that it's really good. So I like to try that next time I get to go. All right, awesome. This is Davina's on Cherry Street. And what Cherry Street? And what's what's the what other road? It's thirteen fifty East Fifteenth Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's a cross section of Fifteenth and Quincy. Quincy, okay. that's the street. I was trying to think of that. All right, and what else you got? You got a. Um, also, I got an opportunity to go by um, the Children's Museum uh, out in West Tulsa, and they do um, a science demonstration each week, oh, cool. which is really interesting. It gives the kids an opportunity to learn, like... Hands-on? Hands, Yeah, definitely hands-on, nice. and I thought that was the coolest thing about it. Um, I took some kids with me just to see, you know, how they interacted mm-hmm. with them, and they learned how um, oil... <laughs> Is made and how well how it's how it's extracted from the ground. Okay, um, this kind of shows the process of it by interactive, like hands-on. They let you create your own little uh, windmill and kind of cool. shows you. I feel how like a lot more places are doing more like hands-on learning. Staying true yeah. to the Oklahoma roots here with oil, yeah. wind power. Man, yeah. this is <laughs> <laughs> getting them right on board. Right. Yeah, that looks awesome. So that was really interesting. And he, um, probably one of the coolest things to me that he mentioned there is that he showed how different um, sound vibrations cause different noises. So he used used some type of, uh, let's see, what was it? He used some, oh, he used a slinky uh, and stretched it across the room and he tapped it with some form of device and it showed how the echo went from one side to the other yeah and then he used another device and uh with a uh, tapping mic and when he did so it made a noise that sounded very familiar (laughs) all the kids knew it and it was star wars that's how they came up with Oh, like the like the lasers. Right, or, right. Okay. So the laser noise that you hear oh, okay. on Star Wars was created with a um, <laughs> with a contact microphone attached to a slinky. Wow. Can you do an impression so. of that sound for us? Oh yeah, no. Worth a try. Worth a try. But all the kids really seem to enjoy it, and that's something that goes on weekly. Um, the man that I spoke with, um, Andrew Marine, he was really awesome with the kids, really great with them, and um, he just looks forward to doing it every single week. So you know. How old are the kids that are attending this? Well, the kids that were there that day, they range anywhere from about three years old all the way up to about seven. So, nice. um, But it's pretty much open to all age ranges. Okay. You can, you're able to soak it up regardless of what age it, it's range you are. It's just aimed at younger kids. Right, right. It is targeted towards the younger, yeah, younger children. Is, yeah. and, and this yeah. museum's in West Tulsa. Where is it? Right. Um, it's located at... Um, This is the Children's Museum or the Science Museum? This is the Tulsa Children's Museum. They call it the Discovery Lab. The Discovery Lab. Yeah, it's in West Tulsa, not too far from um, Greenwood. 
cultural center. Cultural center, correct. Okay. Cool. That's cool. It's, it's, it's good that they have stuff like that going on. Like I know my, my sister's got kids, and she's always looking for stuff that is free and educational. You know, something right. that's. And I know the the downtown library also has like a like movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In, inside the library, they got a little, little grassy field there, and they play movies like uh, once a week or something. And you know, it's just like a good. You know, good way to get out of the house with the kids and not spend much money. Yeah, especially how nice the facilities yeah, are. Yeah, the library's beautiful. But all right, Zach. So um, we'll pick it back. Here. I had another story. It was about the Tulsa cycle scene showing some necessary growth. Um, you know, much needed growth as far as you know, people riding bikes around the city. We're not a really bicycle-friendly town, I would say. I mean, there's some parts of downtown that you would... Yeah, there's not really very many bike lanes there's downtown. N- yeah, there's I mean, maybe, there's a couple roads. There's but two that I know of, and one is on 3rd yeah, Street in between Street. Lewis and Utica, and then the other one is on... is right by the Guthrie Green down there on. I think it's oh, on yeah, yeah. Um, Main Street. But uh, this... Bicycle Film Festival kind of ran through May 15th and 17th at the Circle Cinema, and they brought a lot of the cycling companies, you know, cycling groups in, and kind of held a raffle, showed some film, kind of gave a little overview of, um, you know, what all they're shooting for, mainly... What kind of movies were they showing? Um, you know, I'm not a huge cycle head here, but um, I can't remember exactly which film they showed uh, but they had a huge group ready to watch oh, gosh I can't remember the name of it it was a very old 1980s was it rad oh, it was, was it about, about a col- it was about like a college cycling team oh, okay. that say. they were competing I think it might have been in California somewhere it's like the only 80s uh, cycling or I mean, bike related I guess is that BMX I think it was called rad it was like this old old 80s like BMX movie yeah I mean this was a legit film they had it in the theater, you know, playing that that evening. But um, what I really took away from this was they had started a bike club with people that, you know, enjoy cycling, that get together and partner with elementary, middle school, and high schools to get groups together of kids to go around the city and just go around riding bikes, kind of like just a bicycle club. Yeah, That's basically yeah. what it's called, bike club. That's good. You know, it... You think about like walking two or three miles, and you're easily dissuaded from doing it. But honestly, riding a bike two, three miles is like nothing, you know. Yeah, I mean, Tulsa's Ten, set up yeah. for that too. I mean, if you're it's in flat. mid, I mean, in, if you're in Midtown Tulsa's, kind of like how where we are over here, you're not gonna get stuck trudging up any huge hills that are gonna, you know, put you in the dirt or anything like that. Yeah. But this bike club is awesome. I mean, he went around. I think. Um, they have about 20 students in each group, um, and it's kind of an after-school thing where, um, you know, Quick Trip actually sponsors the events, so they kind of pair up with uh, pair up with them and get the groups together. And uh, so where do they meet at? I think they meet at the school okay. of whatever you know club that they're in, and they kind of just ride around town. And they, you know, I've actually saw them riding down 21st Street the other day. You know, it's like a group of a lot of different. You'll have the parents, and you'll have the littler kids. You have the teenager guys. You know, trying to stay out ahead of everybody, trying to be first and stuff. But it's, I think it's just great that um, they're starting something like that to kind of get everybody a little more acclimated to the whole bike scene, because Tulsa's so far behind 
I think when it comes yeah. to that. And honestly, the first time you ride a bike on the road, like with cars, mm-hmm. it's kind of you know nerve wracking. After yeah. you do it a few times, you get used to it, and you know. But so it's good to have people that know how to do it teaching people that have never done it. You Absolutely. Know? So it's just like a after school activity. That's good. I didn't wish we'd have had something like that when we were kids, right? Yeah. See, that's. What I was thinking too, I was like, I had my, you know, four group, this group of four guys that we just rode r- bikes around in the neighborhood with, and that was my bike club. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we went down and rode the Riverside trails before they they got rid of those. Those were. Well, there's, like a, my, there's a new trail over on R- Riverside. You know, just I know, like by that bridge just south of downtown. Really. Sixty six. It's really nice. There's a nice uh, paved trail that runs along the river for. Uh, you know, I didn't ride the whole thing, but it looks like a couple miles. Yeah, Riverside like, trails are awesome. And there's like some food places on, on, uh, yeah, you can stop at along yeah, the way. Yeah, Blue Rose. Yeah, it was the really river's, nice. River's Edge, I think it's called. Uh, that place called? Oh, it's like a little party hut down there on yeah, the river, yeah. right there on uh, 15th and Riverside. So that's, you know, one plant, one good bike. Yeah, that's been like up. the main biking spot yeah. for in town forever, so that'd be cool if we could kind of get, you know, get the, the hype going a little bit for the bike, because we're going to get this program called Bike Share, where people will have these stations okay, like around bike. the city where you have these uniform bikes, these standard mm-hmm. bikes, so you, you know, you'd swipe your credit card and take a bike. You would take a bike and uh, then return it yep. at yep. a different kind of stand somewhere or maybe the same one, depends on where you're at. Yep. But it's just some way to, you know, promote everybody, you know, not driving everywhere all the time. Yeah, yeah. And those, I mean, those bikes, the communal bike sharing businesses have kind of been coming around. I remember, like, yeah. you hear about cities in Europe having them all the time and well, there's one, there's one city here I thought that just got one. It was like Oklahoma City has it down in Bricktown. I actually just went there oh, two yeah, months ago, cool. and cool. that was really interesting. I mean, it just makes sense. And it's it can't, I mean, it can't cost that much money. I mean, how much you know, bicycles aren't you know, I mean, yeah, they can be expensive, but you know, right. do you know how much that the one the one that's coming here? Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm still kind of looking into that. Definitely be on the lookout for that article from us though about the bike sharing because I've got a buddy in the middle of that whole thing. I mean, he, he pretty much presented the idea and oh, he's cool. getting this thing going. So, um, I'll, I'll be, be, uh, keeping in touch with him. But, yep. Weather's getting nice, everybody. Go out, ride your bikes. Yes. <laughs> and actually, riding in the heat, it's not as bad because you're sweating, but you've got the wind Still got some breeze so, going? So, honestly, it's much cooler to ride your bike in the heat than it is to walk anywhere. <laughs> Especially in Oklahoma. Oh, man. Humid, humid heat. So, yep. Well. Uh, all right. Monique, you got one more for us, right? Yeah. Um, and just by the way, these are all available. These are all articles that these people have written that are in the TCC Connection newspaper, which can be found at stands located all around every campus. So, so my last article was mm-hmm. about um, the free summer library that's been offered at all four campuses. Um, I obviously covered my respective campus, which was Northeast Library. Uh, went by and just looked at all the different things that they had available. Um, I spoke with one of the library aides, Miss um, Halderman, and she uh, informed me that before, in the previous summers, they typically called it the free library swap, where you would come, bring a book or a DVD, and switch it out for you know whatever interesting you've seen on the table. Hmm. Um, but 
they didn't really have a lot of luck on that. Just wasn't a very good outcome. So here, uh, this year was the first time they switched to just free summer library in general. So you didn't have to bring material in order to take material. Um, so yeah, they had more than just books this year. They had uh, DVDs, cassettes, and um, it's completely open to uh, any students or faculty uh, that want to go out and try a different book or movie that they've never seen before. And it's definitely open to everyone, including the community, to donate any books or DVDs that are in fair condition to the college. It goes to a good cause of, obviously, us students. Yeah, and we all have uh, an extra DVD or book lying around that I we think don't so. need. Yeah. <laughs> right. That wall of DVDs on your bookcase yeah. can gladly be donated to the library. I'm sure somebody would want to watch all your old movies. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you can watch them there at the college, too. Cause right. I mean, they have all the things set up so you can relax and just kick back, watch a movie or read a book or something. And which campus was this at? This was at the Northeast campus. Okay. Um, but like I said, it is going to be offered at all four campuses. Awesome. Um, I just, that's my respective campus, so I just happen to be in the area. So. All right, so that sounds like an awesome program. You want to get some summer reading in? Yeah, I mean, if it's free, take three, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, All right. you guys got any other news you want to share? Anything coming up? Anything you're excited about? All I know is it's fantasy football season, and I'm prepping for the draft, ready for football season to drop. I can't wait. When, so. when, when does football season start? Starts, uh, you September? know. September? Yeah, exactly, about mm -hmm. September 5th or 6th. I think they're going to start the regular season. Mm -hmm. Preseason starts this week. So oh, okay, wow. We are getting right into it. Who's your team? Who's, who's? Well, you know, <clears throat> against the popular opinion, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So uh, bring on the hate. Please bring it on. I embrace it now. I'm used to it. And we're actually good this season. So, you know, get ready to get an earful from me every Sunday. <laughs> All right. We'll look forward to that. And then how about you, Monique? Uh, no, it's just back to school. So, you know, getting everything ready with the kids. Um, Tax-free weekend is going to be this weekend. That's exciting for me. Yeah, I saw, I saw signs all over the mall yeah. yesterday. When's that? What days? Do you know what dates? It's all weekend. All, all um, weekend, so it's here. So August, like, 5th and 6th? Correct, correct. And that's oh. in uh, all over Oklahoma. And that, so. what is that? Is it just clothes and school supplies? or what, what's Everything, everything? is tax-free. Oh, wow. Everything. But beware, because that's when the uh, crazy mobs come out. That's very true. And uh, <laughs> if you don't start early, you might not get anything that you wanted because it'll all be gone. All right, we'll just uh, <laughs> some words of advice there. It's like it's like Black Friday for back to school is wow. what this is. Right, it's Black Friday for mothers is exactly what it is. Right. <laughs> you heard it here first, you know. So go pick up a, a print copy, read it in your spare time, so, learn something. August 2nd edition of The Connection. Mm -hmm. So, all right, guys, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for listening. So this is the TCC Connection Writer's Corner. Take it easy, guys. All right, that was Zach and Monique with some good advice there at the end about uh, sales tax-free shopping this weekend. Uh, get there early and save some money. Next up, we've got Madeline Wells, and Madeline wrote an article about um, state parks and hiking in Oklahoma, and apparently there's a lot more diversity in the state parks than I thought. Some of them have waterfalls and rock formations and even sand dunes, so this is a really interesting conversation, so stay tuned. Alright guys, we're back with uh, Madeline Wells, and Zach's also sitting here, and we're going to talk about 
her uh, article about what, Oklahoma State Parks and hiking hiking trails. hiking trails in Oklahoma. Hiking on a budget. I didn't right. put the title, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go ahead and tell us about it. Uh, well, there's just lots of places in Oklahoma to explore and find lots of hidden gems, basically. And so I decided to write a little quick guide for people of Tulsa. There's a few parks that are really close by, like Turkey Mountain, Chandler Park, Mohawk Park, at the Oxley Nature Center, oh, which a lot of people don't even know about, and it's just right next to the zoo. Um, yeah, that thing is huge, isn't it? Yeah, huge. They've got 11 miles of trails to explore. I don't know how big the actual plot of land is, though. Yeah, if you are an aspiring wildlife photographer, it's a great place to kind of start, I hear. There's tons of aquatic plants and animals and butterflies constantly. They give educational tours for free, I believe. And there's just a lot that you can see close by. And if you're willing to travel a little bit further, there's lots of options that you can do. We have over 52 state parks in Oklahoma. Um, Dripping Springs is really popular. They've got lots of pretty waterfalls. Um, Alabaster Cavern State Park. Oh, did, you, did you say waterfalls in Oklahoma? Yeah, they do exist <laughs> wow. in some areas. Yeah, yeah. What's um, there's Dripping Springs, and then there's Turner Falls. Turner Falls. That's a big, big deal for some people. I've been once. I mean, I didn't see the whole thing, but what I did see, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What I, about the falls at? Uh, what did you? Which? What was that? Alabaster. Alabaster. Yeah, it's like a cavern of basically a natural gypsum which is like a crystal so it's just huge wow. crystal caves it's actually the largest collection in the world really of alabaster yes That's cool. so it's kind of neat and it was made or designated as a nuclear fallout shelter in the 1950s for oklahoma so it's just kind of interesting very safe place yeah like let's go <laughs> in this like diamond encrusted cave. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, not diamonds. That'd be cool. Gypsum. <laughs> Gypsum. <laughs> Geology majors are just squirming. Oh at you yeah, right they now. hate me right now. <laughs> Sorry guys. Um, and then we even have sand dunes in Oklahoma that not a lot of people know about. Really? In Northwest Oklahoma, there's a little Sahara State Park. And little can, Sahara. Yeah, it's really a little Sahara. <laughs> um, you wouldn't really expect it, and it's just like a couple hours from Tulsa, but it's really fun to go out there, and you can rent sand, sand buggies? Dune buggies. Dune buggies, thank you. <laughs> it's fun to say. <laughs> Dune buggies, and if you have a four-wheeler yourself, it's just fun to go out on the hills and stuff. Cool, cool. Um, no idea we... Uh, yeah, I want to yeah, check that out now. No, like, it's, <laughs> it's really cool, and it's like you never think about, like, we have deserts, mountains, waterfalls, and forests in Oklahoma. Hmm. I right know. in the middle of the map, it all just kind of met... Yeah. Right here, we got a little bit of everything. And here, I've been thinking the whole time it's just flat and open. <laughs> Which, contrary to popular belief, very flat. But yeah, our uh, our mountains at. Uh, I'm kidding. Down. I know there's hills here. <laughs> <laughs> but, so. Any so, of these parks? Which which one's closest to Tulsa? Is there are, are um, any of these in Tulsa? Yes, Chandler Park, Turkey Mountain. They're all. A line next to the river based on where you want to go on oh, the left yeah, side. Oh, the Arkansas River. Yeah, Arkansas River. Um, and Chandler Park has those really cool rock formations that kind of give it like a Jurassic Park vibe mm -hmm. when you walk through. Yeah, rock climbers love going to Chandler. Yeah. It's like the spot. It's the spot. And it's fun to go 
just on a walk or if you have someone to rock climb with, I recommend it. You get really good views of Tulsa if you climb up on this one particular rock. Really? I don't really know how to describe <laughs> it, but it's in the middle and you'll know it when you see it. All right. There's a sign that says make out point right there. <laughs> you'll know. And that's over at Chandler Park? Yes, Chandler Park. Where is Park. it? It's like six, we'll read the address for that. 6500 West 21st Street. It's 192 acres, and you can basically just take 21st Street across the river, and you can't miss it. Across the river. It's right near mm -hmm. the DMV. It's on the west side. The west side. Yeah, this is where you always get the best views. you got to get a little bit outside of Tulsa, you're, and you can climb up on these rocks. You can get mm -hmm. some awesome views of the skyline. Cool, cool. And river. Turkey Mountain is probably the best for that, right? That too. Yeah. Especially because the trails follow the river at Turkey Mountain, so you can just kind of look at the river while you're walking or hiking. Nice. They have bike trails. I always like to bring my dog there. Oh, and yeah. it's surprising how well he can actually manage the rocks and like climb up it. So nice. There's always something to do. And really, it's just so good to get outside because, like, I don't know, everyone's always inside. Concert. You know, being <laughs> being a student yeah. studying. Yeah. Literally itching to get outside and do anything other than look inside of a textbook or, or your computer. notes or a computer. Get some fresh air, study yeah. break almost. Some sunlight. <laughs> some sunlight. vitamin D. I, yes. I hear that's good for you. I don't know. <laughs> I think I read that in a textbook somewhere. I just wear so much sunscreen, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, thank you. Do you oh. do like the nose, like the lifeguard style? I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm brave about it. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some other uh, parks that we didn't mention yet? Um, the Sequoia State Park. It's on um, the eastern shore of Fort Gibson Lake. And oh, they yeah. have horseback riding there, boating, camping, lots of wildlife. And I interviewed my friend who's a TCC alumni. And he's been trying to travel to all the state parks throughout the summer. And he's been doing about five a week so wow. it's very impressive his dedication and they actually the state park systems hands out tokens when you like go to so many state parks so he's collecting so he's collecting oh, them yes like it i like it so yeah there's an incentive it's called the here. Yeah, nice. passport program which is like hmm. cool. ties into our new license plate tag of explorer ah. yeah, so, it does. which the yeah, those, those tags are so popular, too. Yeah. One loves them. It's just nice. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I love my new Sarcasm tag. Sarcasm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of things to explore in Oklahoma that no one even realizes is there. Well, good thing you wrote an article yeah, about so it. Yeah, so now they can check yeah. this out in our newest edition of The Connection. I wish you can pick up at any of the TCC campuses. Yes, you can. And you should. <laughs> <laughs> and you will enjoy it. Do it. Yeah. All right, well, anything you got coming up that you want the world to know about? Um, we've got new food vendors at all four campuses at TCC, Good. so that's exciting. Good. Yeah, yeah everyone always needs food, tasty. and we all need food, especially while we're here instead of you know, having to... We've had Bill and Ruth's forever, but it's kind of a change of pace, and I'm kind of excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Me too. Bill and Ruth's was great. I'm excited for the future, too. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> Love it. Well, all right. I guess we'll uh, end it here then. Thanks, Great. Madeline, for talking Thanks, to Maddie. us. Thank you. All right, guys. Take it easy.
That was Madeline Wells talking about her recent article on exploring different Oklahoma state parks. That's all we have for this episode, and as always, you can pick up a copy of the TCC Connection newspaper at any of the TCC campuses. Look out for the next episode of the TCC Connection Writer's Corner to come out with the next print publication. Thank you, and as always, I'm Clinton Switzer, and stay classy, TCC.